0: Praise the Lord. I have a lesson, and I'm right tonight. Uh, there are going to be uh, some mentoring going on with the, during Kids Kingdom, and our youth are going to be. Some of them are going to be working with them, and so we're trying to do some different things downstairs, and and then um, of course our our family life and Hyphen are meeting in my. Uh, write and so trying to uh, uh, get a lot of different things going. I have um, interested this week in in reading, studying and I, I was interested in of course the news, what's going on and what's going on in our world and in our society and I'm I met with Brother Rogers Tuesday and was surprised. I, don't, I haven't been to Frisch's that many times, but went into Frisch's big boy here in Newark, and they had a sign in the door and a sign somewhere else, and it said um, $250 bonus if you'll sign up to work. And uh, you work one day, we'll pay you that uh, the end of that day. And I don't know if that's including the bonus or that's uh, somebody else sent me a thing that said, you know, if you sign up for some McDonald's, they'll give you an iPhone. And uh, <coughs> there's uh, obviously a great uh, need. For workers. In fact, when we went there, uh, the lady that waited on Brother Rogers and I said, now um, we had two people that didn't show up today for work here at Frisch's. And we have uh, me and another lady are serving and the boss is cooking and uh, <clears throat> there weren't that many people there. It wasn't crowded. It wasn't like You know, it was wall-to-wall people. It was sparsely in there. And and if you're like me, and and I know uh, I've been surprised You go by some restaurants, whether it's KFC or whatever, and all of a sudden they're closed. And they say closed due to staff shortage and uh, no workers and uh, nobody to help. And, you know, it's... um, Amazing how, if you give people free money that's a shock in fact, I'm going to apply for a government grant to study how that happens <laughs> that if you give them free money, uh, they won't work i'm and so. And it doesn't take a whole long time for that to happen because we typically are not, as humans go, we're not super disciplined. You understand? Uh, I know probably some of you are uh, of a generation, maybe the greatest generation that, you know, believed in getting up and you got something done and getting motivated and getting moving and all of those things. But we are not in the whole super disciplined. Now, I will play on my phone or get on the computer or watch a movie or I'll do something, but I am not going to be super disciplined. And yet, the Lord basically said, he that wants to follow me must what deny himself take up his cross and follow me deny myself i don't want to deny myself and i i spoke a few weeks ago several wednesday nights ago and if you're just tuning in and this is the first lesson you heard you really need to go back and listen to when i talked about changing your mind i'm going to be talking about disciplines tonight and it 's probably going to be a couple of Wednesday nights because i I want to talk about several different areas of discipline and i I mentioned changing your mind and I talked about getting a different perspective and not being focused on number one and being careful about you know my perception of money and what that means and and then um, that very sense of Having things relative and what is truth and where is the real truth and we talked about that and gave you a lot of scriptures and then a society that basically says anything goes and and that is not wholehearted um They're not committed. You know, uh used to be that in this hour you uh, found people that were committed and they would uh, stay and they were committed to a, a company or to a job. And now, uh, just like what I heard in, uh, at uh, Frisch's, two people didn't show up. And um, I don't know if they were sick or if they found another job where they could get $250 for signing on there. And I'm just thinking, you know, that sounds like I'm, I, my brain goes, well, just sign up, work one day, get my $250. Now, I'm sure y'all didn't go there when I said it. I'm sure you all thought, oh, I'll be committed. If I sign up, I'll be committed. But we, and then who my employer is. And so in looking at all of that, and then I I also uh, got a blurb this week about uh, EMDR. Anybody ever heard of EMDR? Because reason it blurbed on my phone and of course I, Studied some of it and read about it, and I've talked to people that have been through it and gone through some of the training of it. And, uh, it's, it's, um, but Prince Harry this week uh, came out on a on an interview. I didn't see the interview but he talked about having EMDR training. And a lot of people, when they heard that, I'm sure they did uh, what some have done, and that's Google, what is EMDR? And um, just for uh, not to overwhelm you with knowledge and most of you don't care, it doesn't matter. I just saw Brother Heath walk through. Hold on just one moment, because he sent me a text, and I'm sorry, in the middle of all of this, uh, we got a donation of new furniture. Um, so, and let me read this to you. Two kitchen tables, coffee table, end tables, two dressers, queen-size mattress, box springs, headboard, footboard, rails, couch, and love seat, matching. If you are in need of furniture, see Brother Heath or Brother Larry after church and we've got it stored over at the little apartment. So. That's kitchen tables, coffee tables. It was donated to the church, um, I think, uh, from Brandon Works at a furniture place that uh, basically after they don't sell it, their company donates it, and they've been willing to donate it uh, because Brandon works there to our church and we've given it away. So if you're in need of any of those items, uh, you might go there. So see, you got blessed tonight by being in church you go home with a uh, truckload of furniture <laughs> go furniture shopping um uh, but <clears throat> harry had said that he had this emdr training and, and emdr stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing and basically the theory is Somewhat, and and it's still really in the testing stages. And there are some that uh, sort of uh, don't agree with it. Don't they challenge it? They don't think that it's pretty valid. Others, um, you know, say that it's wonderful. And if Prince Harry said it's good, I'm sure everybody now is going to be wanting to be certified in it. Uh, but the process was developed on the theory that during when you sleep uh, you have what's called REM sleep, uh, REM, rapid eye movement that occurs when you sort of dream. And so What they do in this therapy basically is that um, uh, the theory is that traumatic events have happened in your life. And probably every one of us could raise our hand and say something traumatic has happened. Something that occurred to either us personally, our family, or we've gone through some traumatic event. And they believe that people get blocked wherever that event happens, and then they start uh, operating in uh, inappropriate ways because of that trauma. And that they don't always realize, you know, uh, maybe, uh, uh, you know, Uh, The the point is uh, an oversimplification of it would be if I were involved and I saw a wreck and it was a terrible wreck and I heard the screams and the noise and and the crash and so I then uh, developed an alcohol problem because I could hear those those screams periodically and so this was my way of coping with the stress of that. And so uh, the therapist would uh, get you to talk about uh, that traumatic event and in that therapy they would either move their hands or move an item back and forth while they're talking to you hoping for you to track that with your eyes and that supposedly it helps unblock it because when you start tracking it then they say now when you track this and you begin to hear those screams now rather than to turn to alcohol you need to be thankful that you were not killed in that wreck and so it should remind you to be strong or to be thankful or to say I'm gonna do everything I can to help drive safely or whatever this, that You understand, I'm giving you a very simple sort of thing. And then there can develop these triggers where now when you start having these feelings, you'll touch your shoulders or something to sort of remind you that my brain is going places that I don't want it to go. Now, unfortunately, during this whole sense of EMDR training, why some people are against it is because what happens is um, they try to explain all of your bad behavior is linked to some trauma, whether you remember it or not. And so, unfortunately, people are coming up with made up memories. So I got a problem here and so I'll make a memory up. Because our minds are fluid enough that I can't I can't, you know, in fact they tell you that eyewitness reports are the the worst witness to a crime because your mind is fluid and you kind of get a, you kind of sort of remember it and can I remember it all and so forth and so on. But it all had to do with the mind and the trying to bring the healing. This EMDR is supposed to save you thousands of dollars because it does more rapid uh, healing of the traumatic event than long-term psychotherapy. So that in three or four sessions supposedly you should be moving past that traumatic event and getting unstuck or unblocked or whatever the word is. And I'm not uh, opposed to EMDR. Uh, I have worked with people uh, that are involved and have gone through EMDR uh, workshops and training and have done the therapy. And I'm not opposed to any of that. I guess what's amazing to me is the acknowledgement that, guess what? Quickly, your mind can be healed. And I'm like, Man, I agree with that. Because I've seen it happen with people that have come to God. Amen. That the Lord would heal, begin healing their mind. Now you say, does it immediately happen the first night? No. And. That's where EMDR, you know, they'll go back and they'll try to give you a trigger and try to remind you of a trigger and a trigger to when you start having this feeling, you know, uh, and, and and they use sorts of the, some of this with like giving you a, a rubber band or around your wrist or they give you something that you can snap or pop and it reminds you, okay, you can't think like that, you need to refocus your thinking and uh, when we talked about changing your mind, I realized, you know what? <clears throat> All of that, that ability to change my response begins obviously in my mind. And I am not here telling you that you have to relive all the trauma and and yet uh, I'm willing if a person says I want to walk through it, talk through whatever traumatic event that's fine but I'm here to tell you that even the most traumatic events the Lord is able to bring healing of oil and wine into the heart and process it and I know we've talked about and we've seen the loss and the grief and the suffering and we are we're gonna we're trying to get together a group and we're probably going to start it on a Sunday night in a few weeks and uh, uh, maybe after July 4th because we'll that'll be the last time we won't have a Sunday night and just uh, for a while and try to uh, let folks know we understand and to deal with some grief and I, I get that and yet what we when we were talking brother Rogers and I the key to all of this is that we still, believe that there is a God that is able to comfort, to bring His Spirit. The Comforter can come. It doesn't mean that you're not going to experience it. It doesn't mean that you didn't feel it. It doesn't mean that it wasn't real. But guess what? I can change the course and the direction of my response. I don't have to be responding the way everybody else would. Because I don't have to run from fear and I don't have to run in flight but I can have a faith response and that faith is that I still believe and trust in God you say well how does that immediately change everything no sometimes it means that I'm still going to face some things and I so discipline one of the areas of discipline obviously is is basically in my mind And that faith response, and and I said, you know, the world says you either fight or you run, fight or flight. If somebody comes at you, you got one of two choices, fight or flight. And I'm here to preach that there's a third option, and that's a faith response. You may run and have a faith response, you may stand your ground and have a faith response. You may put up your dukes and have a faith response, but make sure you're doing it through faith. Now you say, what do you mean? I mean, you know, there were times whenever the Lord would tell the prophet, you're going to escape from a city. they am going to let you down in a basket. And he was doing it by faith. There were times when it was, okay, I'm going to keep going. I know what's going to happen. But I'm going to keep going. But I'm doing it by faith. I'm not doing it out of fear. I'm not doing it out of... You you follow what I'm saying? And so when we even, you know, when, when you go to the doctor, when you go to the whatever... And we've all, we're here on a Wednesday night, there have been numerous among us and, and probably many of you have, have experienced those times where you go to the doctor and you, you, you're listening and the doctor says, I want you to do A, B, and C. And you say, I don't know, I don't doesn't fit right in my spirit. I may do A, but I'm not sure about B and C. So I'm not afraid, I'm not being rebellious, I check my spirit, it's not because I'm going to tell you, I'm not, you're not going to tell, you understand what I'm saying? It's not that you're not going to tell me what to do, I'm not operating from, ah, nobody's telling me what to do, I'm not going to, but I'm operating, trying to operate by faith. So, uh, we're going to look at some disciplines, and, and there are a lot of them. Discipline. We can talk about disciplining our time, disciplining our bodies, and disciplining our place, and disciplining a lot of areas of our body, and of ourselves. But um, here's the the fact, and that is that what we know is that when you have a thought, before long. Uh, If you're not careful, a thought becomes a consideration. You understand? Uh, And you can find this in advertisers, you know, and you've heard me and I've talked about those Ronco Ready Slicer Dicers. I never even imagined a Ronco Ready Slicer Dicer. Didn't know one existed until you see the ad. And I think, boy, that's just stupid the first time you see it, right? But after you see it four or five times, you start considering it, you know, boy, that would be nice. I could make those cucumbers just look like nice little curly cues, and people would love them a whole lot more. And so then I'm considering it. And Those considerations start impacting my attitude. My attitude was, when I first saw it, that's just goofy. Now my attitude is, I don't know. I kind of can see that. That would be kind of neat. So you see how my consideration has changed my attitude. And, you know, this happens, and, and I, we've seen it in, in America, and, you know, even in our television programs, and I'm not bad in television, but they make you laugh at things first. You know, we saw, you know, Three's Company and Don Knotts playing a, Guy that oh ha ha ha, isn't he funny and but it's to build all of a sudden now we accept it. You follow me, and so these senses of okay, it's not so bad, not so, you know, kinda of, you know, don't get goofy on me, pastor. I had a thought, I've had a consideration, and now I've had an attitude change. The attitude, unfortunately, leads to action. And action, if you're not careful, repeated becomes what? A habit. And a habit becomes a stronghold or a place then that I don't want to discipline myself. And Paul wrote to Titus, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. I want to tell you, the same grace that made a way for me to repent of my sins, the mercy of God will deal with an individual. You have to literally turn a deaf ear to that and say, I'm not going to listen to that voice because the Holy Ghost will talk to you. It'll lead you and guide you into all truth. And it will convict you. The only thing is when a person stops listening to the Holy Ghost and they shut their mind off on it and they go, I'm not going to let the Holy Ghost wash my mind, wash my thoughts. I'm going to try to convince myself that it'll be okay. That surely God understands Surely God knows. And then because of the wonderful world that we live in and Facebook and Twitter and all of that, I can type it up and I'll probably find 500 likes that'll say, you're right, go for it. I'm proud of you. Huh? Do it. Well i don't think I think God wants me to and all of it, all of it is a point of I don't want to I don't want to discipline myself. I don't want to be told no. That spirit got a hold of me about age two Huh? And I don't want I don't want God to tell me no, I don't want the Bible to tell me no, I don't want the preacher to tell me no, and then there's some preacher that told me no, and then now he's doing worse. And yeah, see, he told me no, and look at him. Yeah. yeah. And yet the Bible is full, and you can and I'm and yet, unfortunately. It's called unbelief. And let me prove it to you. Notice, faith is my will in harmony with God's will. That's what faith is. That's an important understanding that you understand what faith. Without faith it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So those three things. But faith is me aligning myself to God's will. Let me give you case in point. And I could go through hundreds of these stories in the Bible. Genesis the 6th chapter, the 13th verse through the 18th verse. God sees the wickedness of man is so great. And He comes down and says to Noah, what does He say? I will Destroy this earth for the violence. The animal, I'm going to kill. All living things. People and animals. Then what does he say? I want you to build an ark. Two by two, the animals come. Now who said this? God. God was no Bible written. God spoke to this guy. I don't know how he knew it was God. I don't know what it was. But he knew that God said build an ark. This was not a put it up in five days. This was a several year project. And then the animals came. Now what does the New Testament Hebrews say? By faith Noah built an ark. Why? The Lord didn't cut the lumber. The Lord didn't stack the lumber. The Lord didn't give him the blueprints. There weren't people cheering him on. He had three sons. We don't know of anybody else in the community that said, go Noah, go, we'll help you. But I heard from God. God told me to do it. So I'm going to do it. And what did that show? Faith. By faith, Noah built an ark for the saving of his household. And I could read you the story in the Old Testament and then show you in the New Testament, by faith, Abraham. When he was called to go to receive an inheritance, what did he do? He obeyed. So he's aligned his will with God's will. Noah, I don't, you know, I I don't know. I don't know what the Bible doesn't tell us, what Noah was doing. If he was a farmer, if he was a butcher, if he was a baker, a candlestick maker. I don't know what Noah was. A herdsman. But imagine the Lord comes down and tells you to build an ark. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to build it? Or are you going to say, well, you know, I'm kind of busy right now, Lord. I, you know, I, really, I would love to do that for you. But Lord, is there some way? No, by faith, he did it. Abraham, by faith, he obeyed. I can go through Jacob, others, by faith. Moses. the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, why are you crying unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel. They go forward. Lift up thy rod. Stretch forth thine hand over the sea. Now this is the same guy that he's spoken to him. He didn't want to go to Egypt and the Lord had to keep dealing with him and giving him all the signs and finally now they come to the sea, the Red Sea, and the Lord says, raise your rod and put your hand up and divide it. Now, this is the guy that argued with the Lord and at, at some point you would have thought Moses would have said, my hand can't do that. I can't do it. But now, After all these examples, what's he going to do? Operate in faith. The Lord said it. I'm going to do it. So he stretched his hand out. So unbelief is when my will is in opposition to God's will. So that's why repeatedly... In the Bible, we see Jesus praying in the garden. What does he say? Not my... Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? Here. As it is in heaven. Why? Why? Are you praying for God's will? Because that's what faith is. And I know, I love John's book, the way he opens up. What does it say? John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was. And the word. And the 14th verse, and the word was made. But there's some verses in between those. And I love 1 and 1 and 1 and 14. There's a lot of good verses in between. John 1 and 11 says, He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. And I'm able to say, thank the Lord, he's still working on me. I'm still becoming the son of God. I don't think a lot of times I'm there yet. In fact, I'm just glad I know the author and the finisher of my faith. Getting my will in line with his will. That's why Paul said I have to die daily because every day my will gets a little bit like I won't. Huh? Do I wake up in the morning and say, Lord, not my will but thine be done? I want to do what you I want to pray. I want you to lead me and guide me today. If not, let me tell you, that's a good habit to get into. To them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. You truly cannot be born again with your own will in the way. So that moment that you are open and the holy ghost is flowing through you you are that's why you're totally submitted to the will of god and the holy ghost begins to flow if you say now i don't i don't i'm i i'm willing I'm willing to shake your hand and I'm willing to sign the roll and I'm willing to go and I'm willing to and I'm and I'm willing and I'm willing you've missed what it is to be born again that's why he told Nicodemus the spirit moves where it wants and so when it moves I have to submit my will to letting the spirit move through me you see what I'm saying and this is why the bible will say you can quench the holy ghost because it said don't quench it and it says the spirit is subject to the prophets what does that mean you know what I don't the Spirit's moving, the Holy Ghost is flowing. If I don't want to raise my hands, the Holy Ghost's not going to force me. Right? right. Holy Ghost will not, you know, slap me upside the face. Oh, I feel it. But if I am not willing to respond, right. Come on. all of a sudden I will say, Well, and I've had people say, Well, When the Lord wants me to do it, you're not born of the will of man or the will of the flesh, but it's of God, meaning I submit myself to God. And I realize I'm talking Wednesday night and everybody's here and I get it and we understand this. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, says, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, that we should come short of it. Paul was writing to the Hebrews and he said, your fathers did not go into the promised land. He said, lest any of you should come short of it. Now notice this phrase, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as them, but the preached word did not profit them, Why? Because they were not mix it with faith. Now, what is faith? Getting my will in harmony with God's will. And so when if, if I am not willing to let the gospel touch me. Then it becomes unbelief. However, are you thinking caps on tonight? Now I understand faith, it's a big subject. But what he is saying is even the gospel cannot change you unless you are willing to let the gospel change you. Do you see what I'm saying? Because it'd be like, I'm here I am. My name's Noah. And the Lord says, build an ark. And I go, well, I I will do that. And I think that's a grand idea. But I think there could be, you know, if we built some smaller little ships or if we all planned a trip down to the Swiss Alps, we could avoid this whole flood stuff. I got a great idea, God. Unfortunately, I wouldn't have made it to the faith chapter. Do you follow me? Because by faith, he had never heard of rain. There had been a mist that had come out. He had never had rainfall. Are you out of your mind? Flood this deep? Are you crazy? me a break. It's not going to happen. I've searched the archives. There's never been rain. You're telling me it's going to happen? It's not. It can't happen. At night, we get up and the dew is on the ground. That's what the Bible says. The rain had never fallen before. Well, he's never come back. Surely it's not going to happen the way you think. I know I've read that. I know you guys think that. But the gospel can't impact you unless you mix it with faith. That's why it says without faith, it's impossible to please him without being willing to get in line with what he wants to do with you. Now, you say, well... I don't know I'm willing I just don't know and and I understand we're going to talk about how to figure out his will as we go through this but let let me just show you and this is why the discipline of the mind and I I know I I talked about the mind and and if you haven't listened to those other lessons go back and listen to them you can find them but Romans The first chapter says that when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they actually became fools. Later in that same 12th chapter, in the same book, Romans, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. And the first place to start is in the renewing of the mind. Because it's a battleground, and I talked about that before. That the enemy will come into your mind and try to convince you that, you know what, it's not that important, This it's not whatever. That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect, what's the phrase? Will of God. Now I know some people say, well there's a good will of God and there's an acceptable will of God and there's a perfect will of God. and we're not going to go into that because that's a whole other series of lessons of you know the Lord wants everybody to be saved and to worship him and that's maybe the good will of God and the acceptable will of God and the perfect will of God but the point is guess what I need to find the will of God for my life and be willing to submit myself to it And that requires an act of faith to say, Lord, I want not my will, but thy will. For I say, through the grace that was given unto me, that every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, According as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. So the Lord has given us the power to submit our wills, but we have to be willing to do that. Does that make sense? Romans 8, chapter, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because... The carnal mind is an enemy or an enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So that then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So... Paul also wrote to the church at Ephesus, This I say and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of your mind, having your understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart or their emotions, who being past feeling have given themselves over into lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness I'm going to keep reading these verses, but alert folks. In the Newark courthouse this week, a judge is trying to figure out rule 29 of whether to throw charges out for a lady that was found guilty on four counts of murdering her unborn child and so callously put it, disposed of it in a shoebox that didn't happen in New York City folks that was in our county And I'm not, you get online, find it. the jury found one thing and now the judge is being faced with they called what they call Rule 29, throw it all out because we don't have enough evidence to support it. And the judge has got to render his decision. This world is not past feeling. Right. And she texted the boyfriend that day, you know, well, it's over. Where are we going to go eat? I'm not, we, we don't. And I'm sorry. If that offends you, I apologize. That's part of what's going on in our community. If there was ever a time we need to pray, God, let your will be done because we have individuals that are past feeling. They can callously hurt, abuse, do whatever, say whatever. I don't like the fact that you cut me off, flip me off, I'll take a gun and shoot at your car, and if it happens to kill your six-year-old, so be it. Huh? oh God what a time for the church to shine Lord let us get our will in line with your will you've not so much learned Christ If so be that you've heard of him and have been taught by him that you put off the former conversations of the old man which is corrupt Deceitful lust. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on a new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Read what Paul wrote to T- Timothy, I mean to Titus in the first chapter. He said, Be careful of those who are fast talkers and who can sway you and, and who will do anything they can to keep you out of the faith. So there, you read it in the first chapter. I right, can go through all the verses there. He says, this is a world that, what, what is it that the Lord said he's coming back for when he comes back for? I'm looking for somebody that will have faith. Well done, thou good and Why? Because it's getting harder and harder to submit my will to His will. Huh? Love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Anybody find that pretty easy? Pray for your rulers. I can pray for those if I agree with their policy. Huh? Huh? What does he say? Philippians, mark those which walk among you as an example. There are those that end is destruction, their glory is their shame, they mind earthly things. You read in Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and love and of what? Paul talked about the people in Thessalonica that received the word with all readiness of mind. James, the third chapter, who is a wise man endued with knowledge? Let him show out of the good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. And then he goes through, if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, don't glory, for that wisdom is devilish, earthly. fighting and clamoring, and our whole society is full of it. Do we have anything that's peaceable and lovely and good? And now I know in our homes it's always peaceful and lovely and good. Huh? Whew. What, what is the... I've got to buckle up my mind. <clears throat> I go through something and my first report is, Why me? This isn't fair. God, what are you doing? <clears throat> Yet yeah, David said it like this. I know, O oh Lord, Thou judgments are right and that Thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. And I'm not saying everybody that's going through something physically is suffering because of God. But even if it was, it's the faithfulness of God. God's still good. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. I know. There are some times when sickness and life and things, it rains on the just and the unjust. But even if it, It is sent by God. Somehow, David said, I get it, Lord. Somehow, it's all going to come out for good. Your judgments are right. Your judgments are just. And that's hard when you're going through it. Paul told him in Thessalonians, in everything, in everything, give what? You don't think that takes some discipline of the mind? Why? Because it starts, the questions are that you have to ask yourself constantly, okay, well, who's glory? Is this trying to, am I getting, given me glory or somebody else glory or is this going to bring glory to God? Number two, <laughs> And this is in no particular order. Is this for or against the knowledge of God? And which is most important to know and understand or to believe and obey? Huh? I want to know. I want to understand. Is that more important than me believing and obeying? And do I think this attack is personal or spiritual? Oh hallelujah. Maybe that, I, I got some more slides. Uh, yep. We've covered a lot. Amen. What do you say? We're being bombarded. Our whole world is being bombarded and stressed. When you hear people readily admitting oh I had to get EMDR training because of the trauma of my, my mother dying. And I know that was a traumatic event. And yet, probably you, like me, think, here was a kid that was raised in castles. He doesn't ever really have to work. He's had people draw his bath and lay out his clothes and iron his clothes. And he puts his arms out like this and they dress him. Huh? And he's got to go through EMDR? I'm sorry his mom died, that was tragic. I'm sorry his mom and dad divorced, that's tragic. But he never worried about, I wonder if I'm going to eat cornflakes tomorrow. Huh? And when stress came, he could ride a little pony around 4 billion acres. that's why you can't compare yourself and somebody else's stress but what that tells you is that's how intense the feelings are in our world right now and you know what his statements were if you read short article I read he said it spiraled me that happened when I was 11 12 whatever and so when I turned to my 20s and 30s I started drinking and using drugs because of what happened. So I'm here to tell you if you've never had your mom die tragically, you should never drink and use drugs. Guess what? He's oversimplifying why he did it. Let me tell you why he did it. He's flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And the flesh will do what it can to escape, and to do its own thing. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I can handle it. I can do it. What are you saying? And I'm, <clears throat> I'm saying that this is the hour, the greatest hour for the church because If we can get people to line your will up to God, the gospel is able to change you, is able to wash your mind. Do you have to get it cleansed? Yes. Do you have to refocus it? Yes. Do you have to die daily? Yes. Do you have to have the word of God? Faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing by word and so I all of a sudden I hear the word and I realize oop, I'm getting a little off track there I'm getting a little lot of focus there I gotta get back on target huh what is that doing why because I know what the will of God is and I've got to get it operating in my life oh hallelujah we'll talk about disciplines of the body and disciplines of pain, and we'll get off the mind I promise let's stand it's the first place that's got to be transformed is the renewing of the mind. It's the first place the devil tries to attack. It's in your thoughts. If I've been asked why once, I've been asked hundreds of times, what, why, what is the Lord, doing? why is the Lord doing it? Unfortunately, I don't have the answer most of the time. All I know is he is just and he is righteous and he is merciful and gracious and I'm thankful for his mercy aren't you? And because of his mercy that is new every day, I am not consumed. If there was ever a time we need to pray for our community, it's now. Ever a time we need to pray for revival, it's now. Why? Because I believe the Lord is coming soon and he's looking for those. Will he find faith? Will he find those that are willing to say, Lord, I want to align my will with yours. Let's just love him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we love you.